podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, Cheeseheads. Welcome to another episode of the Cheese Room Podcast. This is Franco, your host for the show. Today, we're just going to be reviewing the transfer window and how we thought it went in the end now that it's finally closed. Joining me to discuss it, as always, from Vienna is the Harlow Globetrotter. How are you doing, HG? First day back at work today. Uh, uh. No, um, I'm doing all right because my work was two and a half hours. But no, it's uh, it's been a good window. Spurs are winning. Spurs are winning all the freaking time. And yeah, no, I, I'm pretty happy. So thanks for asking. <laughs> That's literally the definition of easing yourself in gently, isn't it? Two and a half hours. Yeah. So no, school doesn't start until Monday. So today it was get to know the new teachers. Um, uh, so I basically sat in a, in a cafe and had a coffee with, you know, the, with one of the new teachers and we talked the breeze. I mean, it was, <laughs> yeah, that is a hard life. It was hard, yeah. Tomorrow I've got to do the same though. So it was good practice oh. for tomorrow. Sounds good. Um, also, I'm dragging him away from the football and um, hopefully not keeping him away from Married at First Sight. All the way from up north, it's Seb. Under the thumb, Seb. You weren't meant to tell anyone that. Now, now it's out in the in the pod sphere. Um, you yeah. made it sound like Seb. You made it sound like Seb wasn't interested in Married at First Sight. I'm not sure that's the case. Is it Seb? No, I. I look guilty pleasure. You need to watch it. It's just good. It's just really good. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure you watch Love Island as well, Seb. No, no, I draw the line somewhere, mate. Right. Well, tonight we've just basically asked um, our Facebook page for, for questions and, and thoughts uh, on, on the transfer window. And really, I'm doing nothing apart from reading stuff out. So that's easy. I don't even have to think. But um, I'll ask one question at the start. I mean, we've seen movement. There's been ins, there's been outs. And when we identified at the start of the transfer window that there was plenty of outs and there were some really key places that need to be filled. I'll just go down the list um, because I think in each position that we've got rid of, we have replaced in a certain extent. So we got rid of Alderweireld, 32 years old, replaced with Romero, 23. Lamella, 29 years old. Brian Hill, 20. Hart, 34. Galini, 26. Sissoko, 32. Sartre, 18. Aurier, 28. Emerson, 22. Can you see the pattern that I'm trying to show here, HG? Can you see what I'm trying to say? I feel like we've freshened up with a younger squad, but... The question I want to know is, is it actually a better squad than we were left with at the end of last season? Um, can I just say, I know obviously Paratici listens to what we do because <laughs> I have said four months, if you are older than son, not basically not named Toby, you need to go. Well, Toby went, but everyone else older than son pretty much has gone. Or he's a little bit younger. But uh, yeah, it's uh, is, is the squad better I don't think any of us know because none of those players you listed have, have played Premier League football. Like Galuni mm. did what forty-five minutes? In the, I mean, like twelve games in the Championship. We do, we don't know really what we've got, but considering the people that we did sell outside of Toby, a lot of them were, were squad players or depth or people we wanted gone. <sighs> yeah, like better is is a tough thing to say because we can't really judge it right now. But I'm I'm definitely happy with what's gone on, even if it wasn't maybe enough. Mm, okay. I mean, Steve Durning has written in, he says, we haven't really strengthened at all. That's his thoughts. Uh, Seb, 
Paratici gave an interview today on our social media. It was like six minutes long, him chilling out in Italy. And one of the first things he said was that his aim was to bring in youngsters and refresh the squad and that they all had lots of potential. And I think that's why he said, we can't really tell whether they're any better, but they look like promising players. Yeah, I agree. And the other thing is, is that the players that you mentioned we've got rid of were all on the decline last season. So yeah. they're not going to suddenly have got better this season. They were they were only going to get worse. Um, and they were moved on at prob- probably, I think we can all agree, a little bit later than they should have been. Um, probably take Toby out of that. I think we probably hit him at, at about the right time. But I think the other four that you mentioned, um, you know, if they'd have gone the, the year before, everyone would have been fine with that. Yeah, and uh, like, and you look at the the five we've signed, right? I mean, if if you want to be the you know believe the propaganda or whatever, Christian Romero was Serie A defender of the year, so we, that that's a, that's a good signing. Brian Hill was in the Spanish squad. Like, the, you, you're not a mug for doing that, right? There's got to be that is a good signing. There aren't many twenty year olds that make international squads, and certainly not in the you know the big four or five European countries. Gallini, you know, Champions League player. Um, we've got him as a backup goalkeeper. That's not a bad deal. And it's not cost us anything because we don't have to sign him. Saar, okay, he's not at Spurs right now, but he will be. And he's, I mean, he is really highly rated. That's that's not just Spurs propaganda. Like all the teams were after him and he picked us. And Emerson plays for Barcelona, which again, like that doesn't mean that he's fantastic, but it does mean that he's got some pedigree. Barcelona don't really sign too many schlubs. And what, what he did at Real Betis was was pretty good that Barcelona wanted to sign him back. I, I, I just think that as much as we don't know what they're going to do in the Premier League, we've bought, I, th- I think we've bought well. You know, we're not buying people that have been rubbish abroad, hoping that they'll fit our system. We are buying players with very good reputations. Yeah, I think I think that's fair to say. And, you know, they are young, they're all going to take time. But the fact that, like you say, they're already representing their nations, they're already playing top level elite football, that's got to show that they're, they're not just unknowns. They're not just guys from the French League with an N at the start of their name. So I think, you know, it's decent. Um, another interesting thing that we got presented with a graphic today, Seb, of just how much all the players we've got rid of their wage bill. Now, most fans aren't going to care about this at all and it's a classic Levy thing where I think we've wiped something like £40 million per year off our wage bill and the players we've got rid of and I think probably the players we've got in are going to be £10 million so (laughs) it's probably like a net spend zero window again for Spurs I'm fine with that I I, I don't see that um, spending we we, we were never going to spend vast amounts of money because we've never spent vast amounts of money Uh, Mm. when we have it's gone wrong so um I don't even look at the transfer fees because they don't really mean anything now. They're made up of agents' fees, um, payments to partners, girlfriends, friends, whatever. Um, they are. You know, if you dissect a £30 million transfer, it's not Spurs giving um, Barcelona €30 million Euros for Emerson. That will be a part payment to Barcelona, a payment to maybe another club that owned a bit of a stake in him. Uh, agents, there's so many parts of that. It it doesn't really matter. The only time it bothers me is when I think we're wasting money and I don't think we've wasted any money in this transfer window. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. It seems like Paratici's been given a definite brief by Levy, which is no surprise to all of us that, again, he wants to get young players in with promise, potential, sell on value. It's the same thing and I don't feel like it's going to change. I think that might be a concern for some Spurs fans who were kind of hoping that the stadium would push us on. But let's not forget, we didn't get any stadium money last season and 
as frustrating as it is, I just think we would have been a bit naive to expect us to be spending money. Exactly. Like, you know, this time next summer, if we've had a full season of you know of people in the stadium, then I think as all fans should expect Spurs to spend a bit more money. Like I know that other teams have gone out and spent money. You know, obviously, Man United have bought Sancho. They've bought Varane. Their revenue is higher than ours. You know, without the you know we, we've all lost match day revenue. But the point is, like that—that's where people want Spurs to be, and we—we we may well have been there had COVID not happened. But right now, like we know, Levy is is relatively pessimistic, pragmatic, however you want to call it. He, he doesn't spend money willy nilly. He spends it when he thinks that the club can afford it. And and right now, he he's nervous that that it won't come from club coffers. That it may have to come from somewhere else. So yes, it sucks as a, as a Spurs fan because you know you want to see a really good team and you want to see those things and you're paying good money to do that. But yeah, I think those—that's the conflict of interest. You know, fans want to see the best players in a really good team, and the owners want that at a at a at a budget they can afford. And yeah, I think there's always going to be that kind of contrast there. I think there's a bit of frustration with with a lot of Spurs fans that we haven't replaced in certain positions. Certainly, Leon, who I talk to regularly on our match day chat and on our WhatsApp groups and whatever, is is moaning that we haven't replaced in centre midfield. We haven't probably got another centre back that we need. We haven't got a striker that we could do with. Um, Mark Inman has written in says Rome wasn't built in a day, or in our case, a single transfer window. Was this a decent window? Could more have been done, or should we be happy for the steps uh, that look like we're moving in the right direction? What do you think, sir? You're not going to bring up the words Ericsson replacement, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I think there might be a question in there somewhere, yeah. Oh, here we go. Dean Dean Trelaw says, why not sign a playmaker? There you go. It absolutely drives me mad, this question. Um, and we talked about it on, on the, the YouTube with Caller before the, uh, before the transfer window closed. Where, where If we signed an Ericsson replacement, let's, let's imagine it all's well and good with Christian Ericsson and we, we could have brought him back in, in his pomp, right? As far as I can see now, that doesn't suit the way that we play. And it has—it actually didn't suit the way that we played in the last six months, the 12 months that we actually had Christian Eriksen anyway. That mm. was the problem. Um, I, I, I just don't see where that fits in, in either a 4-3-3 or a, uh, a 4-2-3-1. Because the, the issue that we have in the 4-2-3-1, in my opinion is that Kane comes so deep and almost fulfills that role it, you'd, you'd crowd out your playmaker the other issue that we have is that we spent nearly 100 million pounds on two players who are still at the club who maybe aren't fulfilling the role that we expected them to I'm obviously talking about Lo Celso and, and Dembele they're not fulfilling what we expected them to do but that doesn't mean that we can just go out and spunk another 40 to 50 million pounds which is what it would cost you on a on a similar player. Obviously, yeah. we were trying to get rid of Endembele in the window, or that there was there was talk about that. But unless we were able to, no one was ever going to come in. So I, I don't know what people expected. I think I think people I think people saw that there was a gap in the squad, and I think it's probably fake, uh, safe to say that there is a gap. We don't really have that that Ericsson type. And you're right to say that you know we may not play a team that that, that needs that kind of Ericsson type, but you know off the bench or in certain games, like you do need to create chances. And you know where is that chance creation coming from? Is it coming from the players that we already have? Well, some will say not enough. You know we've got we've had enough to win games, but. 
yeah, you, you do worry that the guile that the teams need, the successful teams have a way of making, of, of creating chances. And Spurs have shown in the last couple of years that we've got worse at doing that. So I think that's why. Like if, if we were playing the four-three-three system and the wingers were creating and you know Lucas was scoring and Bergvine was doing those things, then we wouldn't be thinking about an Ericsson replacement but it's not really Ericsson replacing it's it's chances that's what we want to replace and and we haven't we haven't really done that so I, I do understand why people want a player like that but you're right Seb like with, without selling people first that just isn't going to happen um, another question this is an interesting one Luke Taylor said was this a Paratici window or a classic Daniel Levy window Seb what do you think well, I think it's a bit of both and uh, what the, the best thing that I read about our transfer business um this summer was the the SAR deal, um, and as I understand it, um, the the lads agent um, flew over to Stansted. He had meetings arranged with six clubs. We made sure we were first. We laid out the deal that we could put in, and he didn't bother seeing anyone else. Right, perfect transfer business, and that has to come from Levy down to Paratici. Paratici will say we'll have a remit of what he can spend and what he can offer. Levy has to sign that off, and it was so good. Uh, and we were so determined and obviously showed the club in the in the right light that the agent felt it was completely unnecessary to waste his time with with five other clubs. And they were big clubs. Uh, I understand Man United were definitely one of the clubs who who were interested. So that that's perfect. I want to see uh, a bit of teamwork going on within the, the higher echelons of our football club. Uh, and if that feeds down from Levy to Paratici and Hitchin and it gets it gets the job done, as it looks like it has done this window, then then I'm all for it. Hmm. Okay. Looking at positions then that we just mentioned about that we're thinking we should have filled and maybe haven't sent a midfield as well. I've, I've been talking about it all summer saying I think we need someone. Obviously, we've got some options in there. You can do some stuff with Ndombele, with Delhi, with Lacelso. Hugh Patterson says, why was centre midfield not a priority this window? How does Skip and Hoybier as centre midfield partners win the league? HG, what do you think? Uh, well, first off, it probably doesn't win the league. Let's, let's be honest. That, that, that's the first thing that we all know is, is probably true. Um, you know, we, we, the, the centre midfield options that we had in you know before the before the summer started, we all wanted Winks and Sissoko gone, and we wanted Skip to come in, right? So it would have left you with Hoiberg, Skip, Lascelles, and Dombele. Now, yeah. I agree that we would have needed someone else, uh, and that person is called Conrad Limer. However, without wanting to open up the fan club again. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it's slightly worrying because we're now playing three centre midfielders and we're using Delhi as one of them, which I don't think any of us expected. So mm. we've gone from you know having four or five for for two spots to suddenly having four or five for three spots, um, and we haven't really got rid of the players that we not all of the players that we'd have liked to. So yeah, th- th- those that partnership doesn't win the league. Um, and we need to try and figure out a way that, you know, Hoiberg maybe works with Dombele or works with Lacelso and, and Skip, as we all thought would be the, the backup to Hoiberg, isn't necessarily his partner. That That's that's a tough call, you know, because we obviously we've bought this, you know, this kid from, from France, Saar, to, to come in and be one of those players. But yeah, again, it's another one of those things that we would have all liked to have seen someone else come in and, and be that person. And you know, whether it was financial restraint or whatever constraints, we, we just, we didn't feel like that was the priority for this window. I think all mm-hmm. of us would have liked to have seen an, an, a new striker and a new centre midfielder and a couple of new centre backs and all the rest of it. We, we, we just weren't in a position to really make those deals. And we decided that with the, with the central midfield options we've got, that's less of an issue. Um, and obviously, Niall John, 
it, it seems that, uh, that that Nuno rates him quite a bit. So, yeah. You, yeah, you don't know. But winning the league was never the target for this window. I think just you know getting younger and getting better and growing as hopefully as a team over the next six to twelve months will enable us to then maybe you know, go for better players like Conrad Limer next summer. Yeah, agreed. And sort of the question about the Ericsson um, comments, Frode Nilsson has asked, where will the creativity come from? But Seb, I think that's what we're expecting from Mandombele, Lo Celso and, and Delhi, isn't it, when they play? Yeah, I think it's going to have to be. Um, look, we have got the leading assist maker, but he's also the leading goal scorer. So there, there <laughs> needs to be there needs to be a bit of a bit of payoff somewhere. Um, this this season. What what I want to see this season, it reminds me of very similar. I think it'll turn out very similar to Pochettino's first season. Uh, and, you know, we shouldn't forget that season uh, that our creativity came from Mason and Bentaleb. Um, so th- there are ways around this and there are um, there will be some trust, I would imagine, put, as HG mentioned, Niall John, um, and players like that who maybe we're not expecting to come through, but you know we our youth system is is lauded, and there will be one or two gems that that come through there. Um, I fully expect to see that, and I think the this Europa Conference League will give players a chance to shine and show what they can do, um, and and maybe get given a chance in the Premier League. So we shouldn't we shouldn't forget our youth, um, and I'd, I'd hope that one or two come through there. But yeah, in answer to your question. We need if Endembele's here, and obviously he is. We need him fit and firing and playing for the team. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think it's interesting to, you know, to look at the what's it four five games we've played this season. Um, forgetting the away game in Portugal for a second because it really was a second and a second and a half string outfit. Um, that the home game, I was actually really pleased by the amount of chances that we created and the amount of movement that we saw from from Brian and from Lacelso and from obviously Kane started that game. But we were we, we showed lots more movement in that game than we have done in the league games. The league games we've been mm-hmm. much more structured and much more solid and much more difficult to beat. Um, I, I hope that as you know, as these players get used to playing with each other and training with each other, that they'll get on each other's wavelength a little bit more. We know that Dilly and, and Kane combine really well, but you know we haven't seen Brian and Lacelso work together that often. Of course, we haven't. Don Bele, if he's involved, will be another part of that too. So, I, I'm hopeful that what we have seen briefly in that in that one you know conference game at home can then at some point translate to league games at home. Or to moments where we do need to get a goal and, and, and we change things up a little bit. And yeah, it might make us a little bit more open at the back, but you know, we need goals. And if that's what we have to do, then that's how we'll do it. It's the creativity, I hope, will come from the team learning each other and working better with each other and having a, a, a coach that actually wants to coach them to do these things. Mm. Yeah, that's a fair comment. Um, Varian Garrow said, would the fact that we did not sign a striker, come back to bite us. And then John Williams and says, how long would it be before Kane and Sonny both get injured? And said, for me, um, that is a bit of an issue. When you when you look at last season, we were so dependent on Kane and Sonny having just phenomenal seasons. The chance of them doing it again, whilst they're both incredible players, is probably a bit unrealistic. They're going to be quite as uh, prolific. So are you worried about a lack of goals and a lack of backup? Um, you know, is, us, is Scarlett going to... Hit the hit the heights we need him to this season. I, I'd hope he I hope he gets an opportunity because I think the the issue is is who are you going to bring in 
or who would you have brought in to sit on the bench most matches that mm. is better than Dane Scarlett, but not as good as Kane and Son because you, you'd never you're never going to going to buy someone. So you're effectively asking for a third and a half to use HG's phrase, third and a half choice striker. Kind of what's the point? You'd you'd, you'd hope that Kane and Son. Um, take the brunt of it obviously Scarlett can play some Europa League games and also we've seen so far Nuno obviously we had the Kane situation at the start of the season but he hasn't been afraid to bring Son off um, so far either to rest him or if he's, if he's not quite firing and, and I'd hope he'd do that with, with Kane as well and work out when they can be rested when it's a bit unnecessary for them to be playing there was games last season that Harry Kane played that were completely unnecessary yeah. um, so uh, yeah, I'd hope that that he works his his squad a little bit better. Um, and for me, I couldn't I couldn't see the point of bringing another striker unless unless we sign old Fernando back on a free transfer. <laughs> well, I mean, I know you were the one, the only one in football talking about that today, sir. But I don't think it's going to happen. You know, there's there's a few other strikers around there in the world. Most of them in their mid to late thirties. Um, so yeah, I think I agree. I, I'm not sure. That would be the right solution. You know, we're not in a, a decent European competition this year, that, so Scarlett should be able to play in them all. And I think it's good that he gets experience um, and, and gets to play some of these games. It's interesting because an opinion I quite often hear about us not having a backup striker is that what about when Kane's not having a great game, or you need someone to get on there and motivate him to to play? Really, like Harry Kane needs motivation. He's the <laughs> scores goals every season regardless so I just don't think competition is is ever an issue in terms of his motivation so I just I don't see an issue with that I, can I, I, I disagree with both of you <laughs> <laughs> I mean like, like the thing is like like the point was would the fact we did not sign a striker come back to bite us only if Kane gets injured is the answer to that however if Kane gets injured I, yeah I, I, th- I do think we are a bit royally you know screwed um, mm-hmm. Scarlett, yeah, we talk about him playing the Conference League games. That's no problem, but we don't want him playing in the Premier League. Not really. We don't want him starting games in the Premier League. And if you move Son to that position, then it does change how we are. It means that Bergwijn or Brian will get chances, but it will be a different side. And like, obviously, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I want Son to go from being a left winger every game to being a centre forward every game. It didn't work too badly against Man City or Ajax. You know, it, I. For for me, if Son sits out a few games, it's not a problem. You change, you change. Sorry, if Kane sits out a few games, you change your style a little bit. And I don't think we're that much worse off for it. Don't get me wrong. I want to see Harry Kane as often as he's available to play, but I want to see the squad manipulated to give him opportunity to rest, if that's if that's possible. But Kane's going to start every Premier League game if fit, no matter who the opponent is. Right, Probably, and, yeah. and I do think there is an argument, and we saw it in the City game, that we were, we may have been better without him, honestly, because yeah. clearly City, you know, they like to defend with just two defenders, and those those defenders don't like pace. They they push the fullbacks forward into midfield. We know that, but I just like there are going to be times where teams will will, will high press, but they'll leave four back. right, and then suddenly Sun will become kind of lost against a sea of central defenders, and so yeah. It's a worry because you're right. Like you, you don't want to stifle Scarlet too much, but then Scarlet is still only 17, and it could easily fall on him at some point to be the option off the bench. And in 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 any game, I don't necessarily want to rely on a 17 year old to do that. 
it's tough to find someone to be that striker, but we did it last year with Vinicius, who in effect played that role. Didn't really stop anyone from from getting chances. Scored goals when he had the opportunity. Never looked like someone who was going to ever be a replacement, but still was that person. And it, it, it was a nice feeling knowing that he was there. That that's what I that's what I kind of miss. I think the striker is the biggest thing we've missed really i do i do i do worry about that as as much as kane isn't you know the bionic man and he can't play every game his injury record isn't that bad considering he plays almost every game but we don't need to be running him into the ground it's almost like we run him into the ground so that when he does leave the club next summer we we sell a complete dud we don't need to be doing that you know we don't need to be doing that we can we can, you know, as Seb said, we can manipulate the squad a little bit. I firmly agree with that. But to have a bit more experience than Scarlett as a central striker, I think would have been nice and something that we could have afforded even on loan. Yeah, quite possible. Can I ask who? Just as an, just pick a name out of who you think was a realistic um, opportunity for us. Who would say, yeah, I will go and play for Spurs and sit on the bench two thirds of the season? I'd have taken Vinicius back if he wanted to do it. I mean, that's just it. You're right. Like finding someone who's willing isn't easy, but I would have taken Vinicius back. He he knows the players. He's played and trained with them. So like it, it, that would have been the 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 easiest option had he wanted to do it. I think he's gone to PSV again yeah. on a loan, but a two year loan. So it's just one of those things that like if you if you see that's going to be an issue and you get someone who's sitting, I'm going to go and and play with these world class players. I mean, PSV they're not Spurs' level. Right, so he's gone down in the hope that he's going to play more. I get that, but I just think that there, there, there are striking options out there. I do believe that that you know, had we really wanted to do it, we could have done. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised and a little bit disappointed that we didn't. So going from a position uh, where we're probably a bit under strength, how about a position where we seem to have a ridiculous amount of players right back? Uh, James Hugh said, why would Spurs end Serge Aurier's contracts rather than keep them until the next transfer window or loan him? Um, I assume he would get a payout from his contract. There seems to be very little benefit. Um, and Seb, I'll, there's a second one there um, as well, which is, would you be bothered? Uh, Aki Saeed says, what if Aurier signs for Arsenal? Would you care? It's a, it's a tough one. Um, so in answers to the first question, I would suggest that he was never going to fit into Nuno's plans and therefore you you cut your losses. It's good for him in that um, you know, if he receives half of what he was going to get, as a for instance, over the course of a year up front and then can go mm. and earn a similar amount to what he was earning anyway at another club, it's win-win for him. Um, and, uh, you know, we've, we've moved on someone um, that apparently wasn't going to feature and probably saved a couple of mil and, you know, it's no, it's no good having a disgruntled player just kicking around the training ground, is he, it? He said he wanted to leave. Um, I, I don't hold him hold any ill feeling against him. He wasn't the best, but I always felt like he gave his all. Um, you know, we need to remember the game against Newcastle that he played uh, the day after he lost his brother. Um, mm. it, I always felt that he tried. It wasn't lack of um, application, maybe lack of concentration sometimes. Um he 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 appeared to be a very popular guy in the changing room, but if he doesn't fit into your plans and he wants to go, I I, I don't see any reason why anyone should 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 worry about the decision that he and the the club took. If he turned up at Arsenal, I mean, I think I feel like the the question <laughs> there is: uh, do, do you want Spurs paying someone three and a half million a year to not play for Arsenal? 
that that is in effect the question. And I don't think many Spurs fans would be like, well, Aurier, no, he definitely can't go and play for them. So it, it's tough. Like I, I agree with everything that Seb said. I think if I'm Serge, I, I, I don't, I don't need, I don't need the money. I, I just want the freedom to pick my own club, right? Yeah. And and that's a big thing. So like, I, I got a few pelters on on Facebook for saying this earlier, but like, so let's say we asked five million, ten million for Serge on a year of contract. Well, no one was going to pay that, right? So Spurs were left with, well, if someone's willing to pay us money, but Serge doesn't want to go there, then we're screwed. He's not. He's not going to do what we want that benefits us. The next best thing for Spurs is to do what we've done. And to, and to pay him off and to save some cash. Now, if I'm Serge, maybe I'd have said, you know what, I don't, I don't need the money. I just need the freedom. So I'll go. And maybe the, then the clubs that were interested, um, that maybe Serge was like, well, I, I told Spurs I didn't really want to go there, but actually I do. Um, those clubs will give him a nice fat signing on fee because they're not paying a transfer fee anymore. So there may well be more money in it for Serge to just leave, you know, w- without getting any of that last year contract paid up. I, if it's Arsenal that end up doing it, then you have to say that Serge has done pretty well because he's playing in the same competition. He doesn't have to move house. Um, he's probably earning more than he would be at Spurs because Arsenal were dumb enough to pay it. And yeah, like uh, and Serge was able to do that because he held the cards. His contract was only one year, so it was feasible to get out in the way that he did. I just think that you know we we, we talk about you know last year's situation. Rose was in exactly the same place but chose to stay and take the money and train with the under-23s. I like Danny Rose, but I like Aurier's decision more, if I'm honest. I think Aurier made a, a really smart move at, at 28. You know, if, if he gets a four- or five-year deal out of it, that's that's the big final deal, and he's not had to to play five years at Spurs to get that Bosman. He only had to do four. I, I just think that for Aurier, if he gets a really good club out of this, it's a no-brainer for him. And it, it worked out well for Spurs too. Yeah. And obviously we brought in the rights back Emerson. Uh, Benjamin Pensy says, great that we've got in Emerson, but is it fair to drop Tanganga considering the start of the season he's had? Seb? I think they're different players, aren't they? I, listen, I can't pretend that I know too much about Emerson Royale, but from what... All I- of the highlights I've seen of him are him either running down the wing or just smashing into people. <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds sounds good to me, but he, he sounds he, he sounds more attacking than Tanganga. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think the, the idea is that when we're playing, uh, for instance, Man City, um, Tanganga was fantastic in that defensive um, format. Um, obviously very tight to Sterling and Grealish um, play, you know, shut them out of the game. Um, didn't offer anything going forward because he didn't need to. When we do need to offer something going forward uh, against Watford, uh, as a, for instance, it wasn't there. You know, we spoke about it um, after the game that um, he, uh, he got into the right positions but nine times out of 10, his, his ball was back to Hoybier, who then had to move it inside um, and not a lot came down that 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 flank. Royale, if that's how you say it, Royal, Royale, whatever, um, he, uh, he uh, he's going to offer a lot more going forward. So I'd expect him to play um, some of the games where we're expected to, to advance more uh, and attack more. Yeah, and who knows what's happened to Doherty. Played at left-back, apparently, for Ireland last night and had a decent game, but it'll be interesting. Um, Paul David Andrew has asked HG, are we assuming that Emerson Royal is a better right-back than Tommy Asu? Because it was um, quite a strange one to see Arsenal sign him after no chat. He was linked to us heavily throughout the summer and then went, um, and he just says, in addition, um, 
Emerson Royal sounds like cigarettes. Can I have 20 Emerson Royals, please? <laughs> let, let, let's hope that we do want a team of Emerson Royals. 20 in the squad, that'd be great. Um, yeah, no, like, it, it's weird. It, it's very similar to what Seb just said. Like, they are different players. Tommy Asu apparently seems to be a very defensive, but fast, but a defensive fullback. He doesn't really want to go forward with the ball. He doesn't really want to attack. He's not an, an, a Kyle Walker type of defender who will get the ball and just knock it 30 yards and beat you for pace. It appears that Emerson Royal, or Roy, I, I, I want to call him Royale. It just sounds cooler. That Royale, um, that is, he is that type of player and he does want to take people on for pace and he re- he recognises that he's got that in the locker. So, yeah, it, it, you're right. It is a bit odd because, you know, I think we all thought Tommy Esu would sign for Spurs at some point you know, in the summer. I really do. I think Tanganga's, how how he's done in pre-season and how he's done actually in the Premier League has probably surprised Nuno a little bit. I don't think Nuno thought he was going to be as, as solid as he's been. So The the Athletic, uh, I think, claimed that it, it's um, Tanganga impressed Paratici. Um, and that that's that there was a big change of mind. Um, and actually, the person I feel sorry for, I don't really feel sorry for him because he's been useless since he came, is Doherty. Because yeah. for the second season running, I think he probably thought he was in with a with a decent chance. And what's <laughs> happened is someone's come in um, and um, kind of scuppered the plans that would have seen Doherty play more. So the, the first season, he was meant to be your, your attacking fullback that Aurier was. But because, because we brought Reggie on... Yeah. Um, it, it scuppered Doherty playing because we were attacking down the left instead of the right where Doherty was. And then this season, he was meant to be the attacking fullback. But actually, it was like, well, no, we've got a really good defensive fullback in Tanganga. We need to go out and buy an attacking fullback. And that, according to the Athletic, is is what happened. There was a change of mind about Tomiyasu um, and an attacking fullback was sought instead. Yeah, and, and this is it. But we knew before we bought Doherty that he was better in, in, a, in a five anyway. Like we all, we've always known that. So... We, we may we may never see that system, and you're right. Doherty will will lose out because of it. But I just yeah, like we're getting younger too. I mean, Doherty's also 29. He, he's not he's not the future of Spurs. He was only ever going to be, I think, two years, and then we were going to try and shift him out. So um, it, it's probably going to be that way anyway. But Tanganga is the reason Tommy Asu's not there, rather than Emerson versus Tommy Asu, as the as the question kind of you know said said. Yeah, agreed. Right, just a few questions to uh, finish up then. So one from Tony Cormack. What is our weakest position after the transfer window? He's saying left back with only Reggie and Davies there. What do you think, HG? Striker. From what I said earlier, it's a striker. Like I know Kane and Son are world-class. There's no doubt about that. But after that... It's quite a significant drop to to someone who scores goals. I think I think we need striker. So, yeah, that that would be my choice. Seb, I, I can't really answer that question because for where we are as a club now, I'm quite happy. Um, I would say um, assistant chief scout. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's turned into a cheerleader now as well, so he's got two jobs. No, I mean, going back to the question that we had earlier about whether it was a Paratici or a Levy window, I mean, it clearly is. It, there, there is there, it's always going to be a Levy window, right? It's always going to be a Levy window, but it appears that Paratici has better contacts and can negotiate better than Hitchin because of the quality of player that we've brought in, the quality of yeah. reputation that we've brought in. As you said, Franco, as well, like they, they, these aren't you know, one-season wingers from France anymore. 
they are, you know, established, you know, at a decent level, at decent teams. Like Romero was at Atlanta playing Champions League. Gallini was there playing Champions League. Brian Hill, yeah, he got relegated last year, but he is highly, highly rated around Europe as being something that Spain haven't had for a while. That kind of, um, you know, he's basically David Silva, but with pace, right? I mean, that, that, that that's a good thing. So, I do think that that's the addition that that Paratici has brought us, this idea of we can go out and actually convince the best young players that we are the future and that we we can be that club, even if it does mean as a stepping stone, right? Because I still think we are that kind of club. But we can convince players that that's where we are. And I think for the last four to five seasons, we haven't really been able to convince players that, that Spurs was the best place to launch their career. Yeah, agreed. Um, Nick Linthorne has written in HD you don't need to answer this one because we all know your answer who is the one player realistically that you wished we could have brought in but didn't I think yours plays for Leipzig and you might have mentioned him before mm-hmm. Seb who would you like us to have brought in that we could have realistically done so there's two um, when I was thinking okay. about this um, Danny Ings uh, yeah. after saying that I didn't really think that we needed a striker I would still have liked to have seen Danny Ings cause what was he 30 million Thirty million pound, um, mm. and then there's uh, another English player that I'm surprised didn't move clubs at all, and I didn't even really see much written about him in terms of moving. But I, I'm a big Calvin Phillips fan, um, and I, I think there there could have been a place for him uh, in our in our squad. I, I like what he does, um, and I think possibly um, that wouldn't have been very good for Oliver Skip, um, but. Yeah, 50 million quid on Calvin Phillips, I think, would have been money well spent. I, I, I really thought you were going to say Max Ahrens. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't. I don't know why I thought you were going to do it. Maybe it's whether you always say that Max Ahrens isn't as good as people say. But I remember, I feel like you're always talking about Max Ahrens. So I was like, oh, I was expecting that. I'm not. Okay. Um, I, I said, I probably hasn't worked out too well for me. But when I watched Norwich um, in their Premier League season, they got relegated. I wasn't impressed with him and I was impressed with Jamal yeah. Lewis. Um, Who can't think, get a game at Newcastle now. Yeah, can't get a game at Newcastle now. So I don't know, don't know how that stacks up really. But um, but well, yeah. I, given uh, it, sorry, given that it's Steve Bruce, it, it probably still works in your favour. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is you get to see him now. You, you get to see him in the Premier League for a year and then we can probably make a decision at the end of it, I suppose. All right. And final question of the pod from Greg Taylor. He says, not this window specifically, but would you agree that getting rid of one fourth is right up with the worst errors of judgment of recent times? I could see early on he had a lot in common with Vertonghen and would almost certainly develop into a great defender. Do you think we may now be in safer hands with Paratici running the show and won't make the same mistakes again, HG? Yes. And I'll give you an example for this, right? Everything that happened to Foyt last year, the fact that we loaned him out with you know, a team that had an option to buy him, is because the then manager, Mourinho, didn't rate him. That's the reason yeah. why that was allowed to happen. Yes, Foyt only had a couple of years left on his deal and we extended that to make sure that Spurs were covered. But basically, the, the club said, if Villarreal want to buy him, then they can for that amount of money. That didn't happen with Delhi. Right? And it easily could have done because Mourinho didn't want him either. But someone at the club, most likely Daniel Levy, was like, hang on a second, I'm not willing to do this. Um, Delhi has proven in the Premier League that he can be a world-class player. Right? Even if it's a few years ago, he has proven it. Juan Foyt never really got the chance to prove it. And so we just didn't know it. And I think that's the issue there. Like, 
I, I agree with what Greg said about Juan Foyt. I thought he was a good player who, who never really got those chances and, and alone within the Premier League would have been great for him at some point in his first career. But I think that the, the, the judgment probably came from the fact that no Spurs manager since Foyt had been at the club has ever really given him that run. And so we just assumed he, he was never going to be good enough. Um, and after a couple of managers have done that, I, I can understand why the club kind of came to that decision too, despite the fact that you know Foyt has shown for Argentina and for Villarreal that he is a type of defender that maybe we could have could have done with this year. We, um, whether we'd have bought Romero, I guess, is up for grabs. You know, if not up for grabs, but kind of questionable. But um, I don't know. It, it's I, I guess I guess we can't worry about it because it's happened, right? But yeah, it, yeah. it's a. Uh, Error of judgment? No, I just think it's Mourinho doing Mourinho crap. That area of the pitch has cocked us over royally over the last few years in our outgoings and we are just starting to put right errors or attempting to put right errors of the last four or five years. So you kind of go Walker, Trippier, Walker-Peters, Foy. They're all decent players and they've all gone on to prove that they're decent players. I know Walker's a little bit, a little bit different in terms of outgoings, but um, we have struggled to correct that area with Doherty and Aurier and others. Um, so I, for me now, we it's those type of mistakes that Paratici needs to stop um, and that will improve our squad over time. The outgoings have been just as bad as the, as the incomings over the last few years. And, and it's even it's not just right back it's right center back too i mean this is it like we i think we all bought we all knew we bought Foyt to replace Alderweireld who was going to get the deal that he wanted because he had that clause right and so you know Foyt has a, a year or two to to learn from Toby Toby gets sold Foyt comes into the team i'm pretty certain that was always the plan and then Toby never left so Foyt never got games so Foyt got a bit annoyed at Spurs because he just never got an opportunity so we started playing him at right back in a team that wanted the fullbacks to bomb forward, which was never his game in the first place. Oddly, now that we have a right back that you know that likes to kind of stay deep in Tanganga, that could have always been Foyt, right? That could have always been the position for him now, but he never really had that chance to be that. And the tactics that we played never really suited him either. So it, it is this constant. Now we've got one in Emerson that can attack, and we've got one in Tanganga that can defend. It gives us flexibility and before we, we kind of put all our eggs in one basket and said we want our fullbacks to attack but Foyt could have never been that guy and Toby was always better than Foyt so Foyt just never had that that route into the team and hopefully now with Romero and Roy and Emerson and um and Tanganga and various others we, we, we've got that flexibility to do a bit of both Right, let me just quickly mention footballprizes.co.uk. This week they've got loads of prizes, so I'm not going to go over them all, but there's a signed Delhi and Harry Kane boots, which is a $4.95, tickets. Um, there's a, I guess it's a hospitality, two hospitality tickets and a bit of cash and a few other things uh, for Spurs against Arsenal game at the Emirates. That's tickets and $9.95, 99 tickets for that one. There's um, some NFL Miami Dolphins and uh, Jacksonville Jaguar hospitality tickets for that. Tickets nine ninety five, and there's plenty of other giveaways, cash giveaways, all sorts of stuff. Busy week on footballprizes.co.uk. Don't forget 
as always with the discount code 10 cheese you get a discount code on any competition that you enter um, and get on there and have a look because they all end at different times um, that the harry and delhi boot is on monday the 6th of september at 7 30 so get involved there footballprizes.co.uk um seb thanks for joining mate no problem thank you for having me as always no problems and hg as always good to chat it, it's, is it really four nil now yep wow yeah. Like, I mean, I haven't seen any of the game because we've been doing this, but four goals in one half away at Hungary, you'd imagine that's a decent performance. So well done to England for that. And uh, yeah, thanks for letting me be on the pod again. No probs. Right, Cheeseheads, thanks for listening. And uh, cheers to the people that gave us reviews on iTunes as well. I did ask for it last time and we got about nine, <laughs> which is better than none. So the attitude I've always had. Right, until next time, come on, you Spurs. I'm now on Twitter. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network.